Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going, guys? Happy Wednesday to you. Um, I am home at my parents' house. I have a little bit of time before I have to jump on another uh, pitch meeting. I've done one today. I am pitching my reality show idea that I came up with while in quarantine. And um, it just looks like logging onto Zoom and then talking with some executives who are all at their homes and presenting the idea, talking about it, playing. Uh, we sent them a reel beforehand that I put together or I didn't put together the production company I'm working with, put together a video to kind of be like, this is who she is and this is what the show would be. And um I don't know. It's kind of fun to think about making this show because I'm going to actually fly in friends to be characters on it. And, um, and it'll force me to go on some dates and some, do some weird stuff there. Cause I don't really feel like doing any of that right now. Um, and it will make me feel like I'm making a decision. If the show goes, then I'm like, okay, good. I'm locked into living in St. Louis for at least seven weeks. I think that's how long a reality show takes to, to make. And um, and then I can get a place and I can move out because that'll be part of the show. And I've been waiting to move out because of that. Um, so I should know pretty soon whether or not it's going to happen. I, I'm pitching pitch to Netflix today, um, pitching to Peacock tonight, which is like the NBC streaming service. Also pitching to Discovery Channel, TNT, E, Bravo, um... HBO I mean everyone they're all uh, these are all meetings I have to get on it's a lot I'm also doing an hour podcast today I'm also trying to go over my material and work on it for the show I'm also taking singing lessons so I can sing this song with my dad I'm also having to practice the song with my dad and walk him through it and um, also planning the travel I have to pack and get ready for this weekend and um and also, it's just the tip of the iceberg, man. I've got I've got a lot going on. I've managed to really busy myself this week. Um, but I got another pitch meeting tonight. I already did one today. It went really well. And um, it's kind of awkward, though, because I want the show to be a lot about what I'm struggling with, which is, like, kind of intimate things that I don't – it's, you know, you got to, like, talk about your issues with these Netflix executives – who don't really know you and you have to be like, well, I suffer with depression and eating disorders. And you're like, oh. I'm like selling them on an episode of intervention. It sounds like at the end of it, I'm just like, do they just feel sorry for me? Which is how a lot of people feel that listen to this podcast. And you hear me on Rogan. God, I got so many messages that were just like, I wanted to give you a hug after that. And I'm like, Oh God, that is the last fucking thing I'd want. Um, if you know anything about me, I don't want to be like touched right now or ever, especially right now. Uh, that's been one of the joys of the quarantine is not having to hug people all the damn time. Um, I do like hugs for my friends and, um, but generally like when you just see a guy you haven't seen in a really long time, just some dude, I don't need to touch your body and or get a kiss on the cheek or whatever it is. So it's, that's been kind of a relief to not have to do that. But, um, so yeah, hopefully we sell this reality show and then I'm making a show, but if it doesn't sell, I don't really give a shit. 
um, I could take it or leave it, which is a great attitude to have, which means it's probably going to happen. Anytime I don't care about something, it happens. And anytime I do care, doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I've been in a lot of pitch rooms before. Usually you pitch shows in person. It can be very stressful. Um, a lot of times people I've pitched shows with want to practice beforehand, which I hate any kind of practice that's why I've been avoiding looking at my notes because I don't want to practice for the shows that I have this week I just want to wing them and get up there and just do what I'm going to do and not have to think about it too much because if I think about it too much then I start thinking that I'm like I I went back today and I listened to an old set from January forced myself to do it or from February actually and uh, I was not pleased with what I heard and it was like one of my theater shows and I was like Glazer that's not good enough so I got to step it up, uh, but uh, it'll be fine. I cannot wait for a week from right now. A week from right now, I will have been done with the tour. It's going to be a lot of travel. It'll be a lot of fun, but it's going to be stressful traveling during this time, and especially with my dad who has somehow hurt his leg or his foot playing tennis when he was already struggling with sciatica, which by the way, his sciatica, you remember when I was telling you like my dad can't walk anymore? Um, not only can he walk now, he's fine. Do you know when it went away? When we were watching the DNC, my dad's back pain went away completely after he found a little bit of hope in the current political situation. So it really was mental. Um, and now he has, sorry to yawn. Now he has some fucking tendonitis going on in his foot and it's plumped up. It looks like it's made of Play-Doh. And I was making my nephew play with it the other day. I was like, look, Grandpa has Play-Doh in his foot. And he was pressing on it. And I was getting a kick out of it. Um, my parents watched my their grandkids here yesterday all day long because my sister is back to school teaching students over Zoom. And uh, once every two weeks, the grandkids are here. And I was gone all day yesterday. I mean, I had, I had a lot of meetings and, and stuff to do, but... For the most part, I do- I was, I dodged out. I'm sorry to keep yawning. I'm sorry if it's contagious too. If it's contagious, that probably means you're not a psychopath. People who are psychopaths don't yawn because they don't have empathy. Because yawning is like a sign of empathy. I guess it's like we develop that skill to let people know, like, oh, I feel you. You're you're tired. I'm tired too. It's like a way of of communicating that we understand someone else's experience and if you're sociopath or psychopath you don't have empathy so you therefore do not get triggered to yawn when someone else yawns but I read this on reddit you could argue that if you're a sociopath or a psychopath you've probably figured that out about yourself and then you've learned to fake yawns so you can't trust it I wonder if I've ever known a psychopath or like met one I was communicating with one for a while he was dming me because I was talking about it on my radio show about reading a book about psychopaths. And this one guy was like, I'm a psychopath and I'm, I hate being one. You can't trust psychopaths is the thing. So even if he said he was one, I couldn't trust him if he is one. And, but it was fascinating just to hear what he, he said one time he was at a carrot top show and he said his eyes were just, would freak people out like his stare. And you can usually tell someone's a psychopath by their stare. They just have like a really creepy stare. And he said he was at a carrot top show and he was like, 13 and carrot top got so distracted by his creepy stare that he stopped the show and had him like removed i wonder if that's true that's wild if it is 
I don't know if I've ever been alarmed by someone's face on stage. I honestly don't look at people's faces. I don't know that I've ever told you guys that, but I don't look into people's eyes when I'm on stage. I don't have a problem with it in conversation, but when I'm on stage, I hate looking at people in the eye. I will never make eye contact with you. So often men write me after shows and they're like, I felt like you were looking at me the whole time. Maybe I'm crazy, but if you want to meet up later at a Bennigan's, I'll be like, they always think that we made some special connection. I'm like, dude, I I didn't, I don't see anyone ever. I don't look anyone in the eyes. I never, I blur my eyes in fact, which is a sign of having ADHD if you're able to blur your eyes on command, but I do. And the reason isn't what you think. I'm not like nervous. Um, I just don't like making eye contact with people because when you make it, they feel like they have to laugh at you because you're looking at them. So they feel pressure to be like, <laughs> I'm having a good time. Like You can force someone to laugh just by being on stage and looking at them. They'll just start laughing because they get so nervous. And I don't like people to laugh unless I actually earn it. It's a weird thing I have. I don't like to get anything unless I earn it. Which I guess is noble, but it's also a problem. Like I just can't accept gifts unless I've I've given something to them, or I've you know I don't like just getting gifts randomly just for being me. I um I don't. I'm doing a show tomorrow at the Funny Bone in St. Louis, or tonight actually when you're listening to this Wednesday, and it's already sold out. But which doesn't really mean much uh, in COVID times because it's like a third of the capacity to sell out. But still exciting. I don't I, I'm not really feeling much pressure about the show, even though I'm not prepared. But because even though the tickets are twenty dollars, it's all going to um, the club to save the club. I'm not accepting a dime of it. So if I'm not making any money and people don't like the show, not my fault. <laughs> I'm not making anything off it. So I have kind of a right to suck. I always I like to like have that little caveat. I don't I'm not someone who ever asks for more money than they deserve or tries to get a deal on something. It's actually something I really struggle with. And I'm so envious of friends who get deals on things. I've never once gotten a deal on anything. I don't haggle. If anything, I pay more because I feel bad and I want people to like make a lot of money for the thing they're selling me. And I, I just, I don't like anyone to feel like resentful towards me because I took from them and that I didn't pay what the thing cost. So I've never once gotten a deal I mean not never once but I've never tried to talk someone down from something or been like that sounds like a lot of money ever 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 and I've lost so much money because of it I never like the first price anyone says in fact I just had a girl make a reel for me um I'm having like an intro video play before I go on stage and it's just a highlight of like a ton of stuff I've done which I've done so much (laughs) she just pulled a bunch of different tv clips and and moments from my career just because honestly I had it made because I don't feel like I feel guilty about doing shows right now to be honest because I don't feel like I'm a really good comic anymore and so I'm trying to give people like other things oh here's this fun video here's this song with my dad here's Andrew Collin here's Ari Finling here's Emil Joachim here's Ian Fidance I'm like trying to give them other things so if they don't like me at least they saw these things that are cool I was thinking for a while of just giving t-shirts away which I can't do because there's no, I don't have a t-shirt gun. They cost too much. I just feel guilty taking people's money right now for if, but the thing is I'm going to be great because I am going to, I mean, I have a whole act from back in February where I left it that I can dust off. And then I have new material that I've written, but struggling with it, you guys, I'm struggling with going on the road again 
and feeling like I'm a good comic, I really feel like I've lost it completely. I truly feel like it's, you just pick some random Joe off the street and they have to go do an hour of stand-up. That's how uh, out of it I feel. But I feel like everyone feels that way about whatever they were doing before and that they haven't done in six months. I mean, take six months off anything and, and you'll feel that shaky. And like I said yesterday, no matter what happens, it'll be it'll be fine. If the worst thing happens, it'll still be okay. Um, yeah, so I had a singing lesson today. <clears throat> Just got back from that. Uh, not fun. I want to say it's not fun. I love my singing teacher. She's like this... I, I mean, she's just so kind, not an older woman, but I guess she's maybe in her fifties. She's a son who's 30. So you do the math. Um, she's a lesbian, which I asked her about because I was talking to her about this today and I was like, Oh, I'm pitching this reality show. I need to find a husband. She goes, do you want one? And I was like, I don't really know, but you know, I should probably see if I want one, you know, like when I went canoeing to see if I actually like canoeing. So I could once and for all be like, I want this or I don't want this. I need to date more so I can be like, I want this or I don't want this. Right. And, um, and she was talking about when, you know, I forget what she was talking about, but I just flat out asked her, I'm like, when did you know you were gay? Because she mentioned having a son. I'm like, oh, okay. Apparently she's had a penis in her before. When did she, now she, and she refers to the person she's with now as her partner. I'm guessing it's a woman. And she said uh, she didn't know she was gay until the woman walked into the door one day. Like she was at she was at a choir practice. She started an all women's choir and the woman came in, her now wife. And she was just like, oh, no, this was the first woman she dated. This is before her wife. I don't I want to get her story right. But um, she didn't she didn't even consider dating woman until she met this. She just saw her across the room and was like, who is that? And was just in love and had never even considered it before. And she was. I'm guessing like at least late twenties, probably in her thirties. Um, and then, yeah. And that's the same story for Glennon Doyle who wrote untamed that I read. She was married, had I think two kids had no idea that she was gay until her now wife, Abby walked into the room and she saw her and was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is that? So maybe that will happen to me with a woman. I don't know. I'm I'm open to anything. <sighs> I do want to do this reality show, so it's forcing me to go date people. I really, I, I would like to, I mean, I'm tempted to, to DM that blues hockey player that I was talking to at the beginning of all this. He's really hot. He seemed into me um, and their season just ended. I think they're knocked out, the blues. And so um, thinking about hitting him up again, but wouldn't he hit me up if he was interested? That's the thing with men. Like if they want you, they'll bug you. I've never had a problem with being like, if a guy likes me, I know. And if a guy, I've never been like, Hey, for, do you remember me? And had that guy been like, Oh my God. Yeah. I love you. Like if you're not on their mind, they're not, they're not into you. I hate to say it, but it's just true. And it sucks because the guys that are like constantly hitting me up, I'm just like, <laughs> like I got, I just got a text from uh, the guy down the street, the neighbor. He said, "Hey Nikki, if you catch a break, want to go on a walk with me?" He said, "Wit, wit me." I think he didn't mean to. He mis, mis said it, mispronounced it. Every morning at like 5:50 a.m. when he gets up, he sends me a a, a gif of like whatever day it is 
Well, not every morning, but I got one that said shine bright like a diamond. That was at 8.39 a.m. yesterday. There's a dog that has like, a, it looks like my dog, Marion. It's kind of hilarious. It just doesn't make any sense. He says, morning, Nikki, shine bright today. Loved it. You know, I actually put a heart on it. I said, okay. And I wrote, good luck on your first day of school. I mean, how how young do I think he is? I mean, he is starting nursing school. Um, and then he asked me to hang out. Oh, he asked me, me my sign. And uh, he asked me my birthday. And I so wanted to put my, the, the year just to remind him, like, stop hitting up this old lady. She, I'm working on a crossword puzzle. And he said, I told him my birthday. He said, summer baby, cool. I'm a Libra. I guess that makes you a Gemini. I have no idea what this means, though. What do you What do you think about the Zodiac? I said, it's B-A. And I mistyped. It's Ba. And then I said, B-S. He said, hi, I agree. I've just been seeing more and more of it from on my timeline. So I Googled what June 1st was. And then I wrote nothing back to that because I'm a cold-hearted cunt. He's just being nice. And then yesterday, hey, how's the grind? I said, non-fucking-stop. How was school? Told me about school, and I literally didn't write anything back to four bubbles of text. This is how you get a guy to like you. By the way, girls listening, any guy that I've been this, like, one-word answer, I mean, you should see these texts. It's, like, bubbles and bubbles from him, and it's not just because he's 25. This happens with guys. And I'm not trying to be short with him so that I can get him to like me more. It just works. So when you like a guy, be short with him, and I swear to God he will write you back so much. It is so hard to do, though. It is so hard to do. Because once you, once they start talking to you, you just like get, get on a roll and you convince yourself, no, I he he's talking to me. He wants to talk to me. No, play it fucking cool. So he wrote, and then t- this morning I got a thing, 5.50 a.m. Have a tantalizing Tuesday, a, a gif of like a thing. Didn't write back to it. Then today at 5.30, hey, Nikki, if you catch a break, want to go on a walk with me? I said, I am not going to catch a break, unfortunately, which is true. I've got to do this. Then I've got to jump on a pitch meeting at 7 o'clock. It's 547 now. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go for a run. And then after that, i got to practice the Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper song with my dad. That probably will get me canceled. It's so weird. We're going to perform it tomorrow night at the Funny Bone, which is tonight when you're listening. Um, and so then he wrote, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. How's it going? Don't stress yourself too much. He's very sweet. Just remind yourself that you're awesome at what you do and that you're just awesome. That's the biggest part. I mean, how cute is that? Am I going to write back to it? Mm, probably not. Also got another text from Brad Williams. Do you know him? He's a little person. He uh, is an old friend. I've known him forever. We went on the road together in 2006 to open for Carlos Mencia. Long story, guys. But that was when Carlos Mencia was like about to be gigantic. He was. It was the last club tour he was doing. And um, we had the same manager and my manager convinced him to let me come out and open for him on one date, one week of shows, weekend of shows in Alabama. All I had were my abortion jokes. I mean, I had like five jokes and I went and opened for him. And that's where I met Brad because Brad was an opener at the time. And then we stayed friends. Brad just wrote to me. Um, and Carlos was nice. I didn't get paid. I want to say that, which is really shitty. If you're a con- like he was making, I'm not get- I'm- I know what people make now. The Stardome in fucking where were we? Alabama. Maybe it was Mississippi. No, it was Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. The Stardome. It probably seats 500. That was probably 
$30, $40 tickets, maybe 60 at that point. I mean, that guy was clearing probably 70 grand that weekend because he did like three shows a night and was selling so much merch. I had to sell his merch in the parking lot and we had to set it up. And I, I, he covered my airfare and he covered our meals, which mm, not the greatest meals, but whatever. And that's it. And, and hotel, but no extra pay, which I, you know, listen, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Now that I'm a comic that has in, is in that position, you pay your openers. You just do. I don't care how little time they do or how little you need them on the show, which Carlos didn't need me to open for him. It was really just a favor. You just, you still throw him some cash. I was broke. I was living with my dad's best friend in Venice in his spare bedroom. There's some comics I find out about who don't pay people who A, write for them and B, open for them and they should be canceled. They should be canceled for that even more than the creepy shit that they text girls, in my opinion. Because the creepy shit they text girls, okay, every guy does that. Some of them just get caught for it. And I'm not saying it's okay. But when a guy is gross to a girl, it's just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay. But I'm saying what's worse is not paying a comic for work they do for you. Fuck you. I'm, t- I'm thinking about someone very specifically when I say that. And it's not because he didn't pay me. It's because he didn't pay comics that wrote for him that could have written for me because I wanted those comics to write for me for certain things, but they didn't because they were only, they were told they couldn't because they wrote for him and then he didn't pay them, whereas I would have employed them and paid them. There you go. So Brad said, drive-in shows are great, different but great. You'll have fun. So I guess Brad has done some drive-in shows, Brad Williams. I said, I hope so. I forget my act. He said, I know. Run, I run through it the night before. Here's a tip. Have first two rows of cars be trucks and SUVs that are tailgating. That way you see some faces and hear some laughs. Oh, not a bad idea. Then he sent a picture of himself on stage. And people look like they're having fun. Okay. Wow. This is going to be so weird. But I've done some rough ass gigs in my life, dude. I've, I've, I, I, I've done it all. Nothing, nothing really makes me uncomfortable anymore. I kind of bombed the other night at the Funny Bone. I meant to talk about it with Sean O'Brien when he was on the show, but I bombed and um, I didn't care. There was a woman in the front row that was heckling. The audience did like not like me because I started out my set by telling them that I don't trust them. That's why I'm wearing a mask. Usually that gets a laugh. This, this audience took that offensively. So they were already hated me. I don't think most of them knew who I was. They didn't give a shit. And I bombed and I kept bombing and I kept digging it myself deeper and it was very uncomfortable. But I just, and one girl in the back liked me and she goes, we love you, Nikki, because I was eating shit, you know, and I go, oh, it's OK. I don't like feel this. It's not going to this isn't going to rattle me because it truly doesn't. I don't care about bombing. I mean, it doesn't feel good, but I, I bounce back for the next set and I, it doesn't hang over me for like weeks like it does some of these fragile comics. Bombing is just I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not uncomfortable on stage. It's rare that I feel go, say something on stage and I go, oh, my God, and I get like nervous. It just doesn't happen anymore. Um, all right. I got to go on a little break, but, uh, hold on one second. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm just getting word that one of my shows is canceled. Holy fucking shit. Okay, cool. Oh, mother of God. All right. I'll deal with this and I'll be back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I'm back, and uh, yes, it's true. You guys heard it live uh, right before I went to break. Um, my show is canceled. My first show of the tour in Butler, Pennsylvania, which is like 45 minutes outside of Pittsburgh, has been canceled. And I wish I could say it was because of weather or because um, the guy who is running the projector screen at the drive-in um, has COVID or because there are fires nearby or because, you know, my dad is sick. I wish I could say that's why. No, I don't. But I, it's not why. It's because um, I just had low ticket sales. That's why. Listen, I this is this is the this is the um, struggle of the artist is that, especially one who hasn't been relevant for six months. You know, I was on a I was on a hot streak six months ago. I would have sold Pittsburgh. I would have been okay. But people forget about you. Unless you're reminding them constantly that you exist and I haven't been good about being on socials and generating a lot of content. Um, I just got to stay on it a little bit more. That's why I'm trying to sell a reality show, get people excited. Um, it hurts my feelings that it got canceled. And my manager is being very funny about it because I go, is it canceled because of weather or because of low ticket sales? And he said, low ticket sales. But the other shows are selling amazingly. He didn't say amazingly. He said, not because of you. The other dates are going great. Um, but that is because of me. If they wanted to see me, they would buy tickets to see me. So it does hurt my self-esteem, but I don't care enough to keep it from you guys. I could have lied and just said, um, yeah, one of the shows is canceled. I could have just not lied, but like not told you why. I really don't care um, in the lo long run of things. It's just... I do care. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, it does bug me that um, I'm not popular enough. But to be honest with you, my self-esteem, this is perfectly suited and um, representative of where I am as an artist. I'm like, I don't deserve to sell tickets right now. This is just very validating. Um, but it's going to make me work harder and it's going to make me prove myself in the other shows. And I'm going to have so much fun. And it's 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 all going to be okay. But it is funny that I was just talking about how I don't feel like I'm ready or I'm good enough or I deserve to do these shows. And then they um, just uh, it evaporated in front of me. Um, but it's a bummer because I won't get to hang out with my friends that were going to open for me. Emil Joachim, Ian Fidance, RIP. They're still alive, but, you know, not to me. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. And I'm doing a show tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and I don't really need to do one. I wanted to do one right before the show. And now that I don't have a show Thursday night, I don't really need to do a show on Wednesday night, but it's still happening. It's still happening. Oh, I'll get over it. I'm going to shake it off and know that every... Listen, I'm complaining because a show of mine is canceled. Guess what? I don't even want to do a show. This is a godsend. Um... And who knows what, what I hope the flight I was supposed to take to Pittsburgh crashes and then I'll be like, oh, my God, it was so meant to be. Actually, I hope that doesn't happen, because if it does happen now, people are going to like blame me for it. And all those people who died in the plane crash, that's not going to happen, but could. Um, so, yeah, it's fine. Now this is going to be stuck in my craw, though. You know, the way that Michael Jordan like never forgot about the coach who um didn't let him play like I guess a coach underestimated him in high school and then when he was giving his 
hall of fame speech he like made it all about that coach and how much he hated that like he was just like rubbing in his face pittsburgh someday i'm gonna rub it in your face and thank you to all those people in pittsburgh who now don't get to go to the show because i did sell tickets it just wasn't enough and by the way i sold tickets there's like i sold car tickets so it seems low but there's like four people per car at least um yeah so that's a little bit of a bummer I'm going to get over it, though. Shake it off, guys. Shake it off. I got two Amazon packages in front of me. I have no idea what's inside these things. Do you ever order something from Amazon and then you completely forget what you even got and it shows up? Um, so I'm going to open those right now and see see what I ordered because I bet it's some fucking supplements that you guys recommended for my hair. I did do the thing where I put Monistat, the yeast infection cream, on my hair. I didn't wash my hair last week for like a week and a half. It was so disgusting, you guys. So gross. I was going on stage at the Funny Bone with disgusting hair that just had this... And it smelled good, though. My mom was like, what are you wearing? And I'm like, yeast infection cream all over my scalp that's dried, and I keep adding to it. Like, I mean, it just was caked on. And um, and I haven't seen a change, to be honest with you. If anything, I finally washed my hair the other night, and it all came out again. <laughs> and it... Uh, it just, it's, it's just, that is what it is. I'm just dealing, it's fine. It's like my, it's falling out like my shows are dropping off. It's just, there's nothing I can do about it. I can't get it back. I can hold the hairs in my hand and mourn them and look at them and say, what could have been? You would have looked so good in a ponytail tomorrow. And then I let it fall to the floor to its grave on the carpet. Um... But yeah, I went over, I actually went over to my sister's house today and after my singing lesson and I had her take a picture of me. She looked so beautiful. She had makeup on because she's teaching on Zoom now. She looked so stunning. I was just like, I can't even handle your face right now. She's like one of the most gorgeous people I've ever seen in my life. She's just like, I mean, it was breathtaking how beautiful she is. I just love her so much. And we were talking. It was really fun because we were just like broing down about mom and dad and like and her kids weren't there so it was just me and her alone which we never get to be she took a picture of me because I got asked which is cool news I got asked to be one of the cutouts behind home plate for the Cardinals you know how all the baseball teams are using like cardboard cutouts behind um I guess yeah behind home plate and um right now they have like Andy Cohen I saw him and then a bunch of other random people but apparently I'm going to be with like John Hamm and Andy Cohen and uh, I'm one of the St. Louis celebrities. So she had to take my picture today so they can make a cardboard cutout. It's really fun. But we tried to like style my hair and I almost started crying because it's just like so thin. And I was touching her hair to just remember what like thick hair felt like. And it was, yeah, it was a moment. We were both touching each other's hair and we almost made out. No, we didn't. Um, but she's so hot that you would probably want that to, to picture that she's she was so gorgeous I mean I was kind of like attracted to her maybe if that's my what if that was my moment that my singing teacher talked about but I have it with my sister okay let's open this Amazon package castor oil okay I, I ordered this because people said if I put this in my hair it'll make it grow I've also heard about this is the stuff that you can put on your eyelashes to make your eyelashes grow like the same kind of serum so castor oil what I'm gonna do for this yeah directions use a tiny amount to get used to castor oil's thick viscosity one of my favorite words apply one to two drops as a daily moisturizer for skin and hair 
use the mascara or eyeliner with a tiny amount of castor oil and apply directly on lashes or brows. Oh, to like regrow your brows for hair massage one to two drops at scalp after shower at night. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm going to put it in a spray bottle and just spray the shit out of my hair just like I did with that yeast infection cream. Okay, on to the next product. White tea purifying cleanser. Oh, this is just a face wash that I use. Okay, sweet. And then here's another one that's in a fucking... What is this? Irwin's Natural Deep Tissue. Oh, these are um, collagen vitamins that I'm adding to my fistful of vitamins. I just swallow like a pelican every morning. Just adding another one to the list. The thing is, I have so many supplements at this point. If I if any of them work, I wouldn't know which ones do. Because I have I take like 12 things. And then another? Oh shit. I bought two of these face washes. God damn it. And they're like $50 a piece. I'll tell you guys, I never get a goddamn deal. I always spend more. And I just read this report on Reddit last night that um a lot of stuff you get on Amazon is counterfeit. And it looks like the product you're buying, but it ain't. It ain't. But I always just argue if I can't tell, then who cares, right? That's the way I feel about hotel beds. If I can't see pubic hairs in actual dirt, then I don't give a fuck, you know? If it's invisible, just whatever. As long as it doesn't smell like your ass or I can see like an, a streak of where your ass was. If, you're, if you wiped your ass on something and it didn't get it on it, then that's fine. Ooh, okay, the next package. Here we go. Coconut oil. Boom. Rub it all over my bod. Um, it's weird that you can see calories of something you put on your bod. Um, so I use that just as like a moisturizer. Bought another bucket of that. Bought another um, ear pods lightning connector. Like the kind you, they're Apple apparently, but I bet these are counterfeit as fuck. I just, I don't want to buy the, the new little AirPods. I know that they're better and I did have a pair that I found in the back of a cab and I started using them, but they got clogged with my earwax and never worked again. And so I'm not investing in those. And I like having the cord because it has a little microphone on it. And yeah, I just, and I, and I don't want to, uh, these are $17. The other like AirPods are like $200, 200 something dollars. And if I buy those, I'm going to lose them and I'll feel way worse than when I fucking slam those in a car door, which I do with the last ones. Then there's Grande Lash, which is the same as the castor oil. And then I'm going to rub this on my lashes. And that's why my lashes are really long. However, if you use Grande Lash, let me let you know, it does cause floaters and you might lose your vision. But your lashes will be very beautiful. This is the only thing that makes me feel like I'm regimented because some people, whenever I get my makeup done, makeup artists are always like, what do you use? And I said, grande lash. And they always go, oh my God, I need to use it. And then another girl will always chime in like, but you got to use it every night or it doesn't work. And it's like, how hard is it to use something every night before you go to bed? I don't understand. It, it makes me, it always makes me feel so cool that I'm like, oh my God, I'm someone that can use something every night before I go to bed. It's just not that hard for me. Same with meditation. I just do it every morning. Just fucking do it. It's not that hard. And, oh my God, this is a tome of a bitch. I got David D. Burns, medical doctor, the Feeling Good Handbook, which is going to walk me through cognitive behavioral therapy, but you can write in it, and it's a handbook, and it's gigantic. How many pages is this bitch? Oh my God. 691. It's like 700-page book. And... um. Make life an exhilarating experience is the back. With the phenomenally successful Feeling Good, the New Mood Therapy, which is what I'm reading on my phone, Dr. David Burns introduces a groundbreaking drug-free treatment for depression. Now, in this long-awaited sequel, he reveals powerful new techniques and provides step-by-step -step exercises that help you cope with the full range of everyday problems. 
with information on everything you need to know about commonly prescribed psychiatric drugs and anxiety disorders such as agoraphobia and obsessive compulsive disorder. This remarkable guide can show you how to feel good about yourself and the people you care about. You will discover that life can be an exhilarating experience. Okay, I am sold. Will I do this book? Who the hell knows? But maybe I'll try. I just have so many things I do every day. I can't even talk to you about so many of them because they're anonymous. But I'm a busy, I'm a busy student right now with my self-help. Oh, I just got a text from a boy, I think. Hold on, let me check this out. Hey, Nikki. Thanks for the files. I got, oh, that's not a boy. That's a John Doerr. I mean, he is a boy. Comedian John Doerr. I'm doing a show with him and I just sent him some stuff. A guy from Raya just started texting me. We took it to the text. He's really good on text. Like, really good. He's so funny. He's charming. Let me read what he wrote to me first so you get an idea of what his game is. He said, you seem great. Wanted to say hi. Raya is all we have left, right? He sent that August 11th. And then um, August 13th. Did you make it out of L.A.? Hope you're having at least a 7 out of a 10 summer. And then I wrote back a big paragraph. Then he wrote back a big paragraph. Then I wrote back a big paragraph. And then he wrote back three big paragraphs. And then, um, yeah. Where did he say? He said something. Oh, he said, so he goes, my green speech bubbles above are much longer than yours. I'll start playing it cool. So he even called out the fact that he wasn't looking too cool. And uh, which I really liked. So we talked a lot. Let's see how many bubbles we have. We have about five pages worth of text. And then he asked me for, he said, um, we should do a distance glass of wine slash coffee while I'm here. I promise to get to dress like a complete um, blank dick bag for it because he is in a country um, that isn't the United States. I promise to dress like a complete uh, country he's in dick bag for it. We could also text all big steps, feel confident we could handle. Um, great, just great move. Confident. Use the word confident, which, you know, establishes confidence. And I said, I said, texting, I could do baby steps. And then I gave him my number and then he did not text me for two days. Great move on his part. Great move. Cause I was, it was getting to the point where I was like, what? am I going to even hear from that guy? I don't really care. But now, now I'm starting to God, he's like the Butler, Pennsylvania of men. He goes, he's texting me today. Hey, texting is definitely a big step. Confident it's the right one, though. How's your tour going? And then he said, it's blank, by the way. I said, oh, boy, look at us. Tour starts Thursday. That's before the show was canceled. Gearing up for it. How is blank country? He said, I don't want to lie to you, Nikki. Not this early on. I'm having the best time humanly possible. I'm sorry. Um, he said, where are you now, L.A.? Oh, you know so little. You know so, so little. I don't think he knows anything about me, which is kind of a plus, but also, like, do your research. But also, don't. Who knows? Um, so that got that going on. Another guy reached out to me today to say that my dad had a hot body. A guy, uh, some, you know, ex-bachelor contestant slid in, didn't slide in, texted me. Your dad, he said, uh, we both have really ripped dads. Now, this is a guy that has just been, like, very friendly with me and never taken it to a level of, like, flirtation. Like, it's it's maybe, like, touched on, he's flirted with flirting with me, but it's never gotten to it. And I've kind of put it there, but, and very, made it very clear he's hot, but it's never, he's never um, made that leap. But today, this was interesting. He said, so we both have really ripped dads. I said, yeah, it's nice to know I'll be in shape into my 60s. He said, gotta love great genetics. Then he said, I posted a picture of my dad shirtless on Father's Day. Terrible decision. He's been stealing all my heat. Got so many DMs asking if he was single. Now he asked me to post to him all the time. He's become a clout chaser. 
I said, oh man, I got to go check him out now. He said, no, please don't. I can't lose you too. What does that mean? I, I, I'm reluctant to read into that because he does, he's never been flirty with me. But why is this guy even hitting me up? Probably because I'm famous, more famous than he is. Possibly, maybe. I'm not getting too excited. Um, and I just wrote, wow, just saw. It was nice knowing you. And then I give a wavy emoji. And then he sent me a GIF. GIF? I say GIF. Um, of Adam Sandler singing, somebody kill me, please. And then I just wrote, haha. Playing it cool. Playing it cool, you guys. I just don't care anymore. One word answers to these guys. Girls, utilize that. And I swear to God, they'll be clamoring for you. It works. I got to go. Um, I got to go talk to my dad about these canceled shows. He's already trying to talk me off the ledge. He's like, it's fine. You don't want these. They're, they're, these are like backwoods people's. I said, Burt Kreiser sold out. And he was like, yeah, he appeals to these guys. They're, they're Trump voters. He made some excuse like that. I'm like, no, Pittsburgh has great people. I should, I want, and I do want Trump voters to like me. I don't, I want everyone to like me. That's my fatal flaw. And you can't get everyone to like you. Please, please like me. I should just start. Why doesn't it work to give less to people on Instagram and it, they will like you more? You know, like it does with the guys. On Instagram, you got to constantly be posting and being like, look how famous I am and cool I am. And then people like you. I'm about to go on a call. I have to go right now in 30 minutes. I got to go on my next pitch meeting. And I got to feel good about myself because I got to really pitch this and really sell me, which is humiliating to do. But I'm going to do it because I want to get a reality show. So someday I can sell out Pittsburgh and, and really, you know, rub it in their faces. I won't. But someday we'll perform in Pittsburgh and I'll tell the story of how I used to not be able to sell tickets there at a drive-in during COVID when there's probably a hurricane coming. Mm, I have a little bit of an excuse that I didn't really promote. Yes, I did. Nikki, just admit you didn't sell tickets. It's okay. People still like you. Person listening, People are listening to this right now. You have a podcast people enjoy where you just ramble. All right, guys. It's okay if you get rejected. It's not the end of the world. So I hope that my rejection and my, me processing it helped you with ever, whatever rejection you're facing today. Um, and I'm sorry you got fired or, you know, got broken up with or your dog fucking ran away. Whatever it is, it's not your fault. And, um, and you'll show them someday. And now you get an extra day to not go to Pittsburgh. No, that's not your story. That's mine. Okay, guys, I got to go. Squirt, squirt, jackpot. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.